This week's episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to us by Sam Bear. Sam Bear, thank you. Yeah, Sam Bear, network superstar. Network, uh, object suffering sponsor. Yeah. And instigator. And Patreon backer. Yes. Uh, Sam went to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv and uh, decided to kick us a few bucks a month. Mm -hmm. Um, Helps us keep the lights on, helps us uh, buy equipment for the show. Mm -hmm. And we really appreciate it. Yeah. And then he also is off time. He like sends us terrible games to play for Abrek Suffering, Mm -hmm. which if you're not listening to that show, you should be. And for that, he can go fuck himself. But I'm I'm so (laughs) conflicted because as a patron, I want to tell him to go fun himself. As an Abrek Suffering suggester, I want to tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. What you choose your own adventure, Sam? <laughs> like, follow your heart, follow your bliss. Yep. So uh, you can go fund yourself by funding us at uh, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV. I ain't gonna tell you how to go fuck yourself. That's between you and your God. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to a very special episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, the retro video games podcast. Yes, very special because it is the first live episode that has gone out on the main feed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So this the- year, we raised money through Patreon to go to Portland Retro Gaming Expo to talk about Street Fighter 2. Yeah, and had a uh, a real goofy weekend in the process. <laughs> so, the uh, the actual audio from the episode we're gonna we're gonna put in obviously, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about the experience mm-hmm. and kind of set it up for you, so you guys know the context we were coming into this. Yeah, that's with. Um, I kind of wish we'd record this a little bit closer to when we did it. Me too. Um, yeah, because I, I I remember it. Yeah. And it was fun, but my it's like I don't have the emotional attachment to the memories that I <laughs> that I would have had if we'd recorded it shortly after. Okay, can I put this foot forward? Yeah, put a foot forward. Thank you so much to Nick and Brayton. Yeah, Nick and Brayton, um, who you know from checking out Comrade and the Pitch and future Teenage Dirtbags launching 2015, and you know from our recent Duckstream event, mm-hmm. um, hung out with us all weekend at the booth. Yeah, and did a lot of good work. Yeah, and they just generally made the entire weekend much easier and much more pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's a weird dynamics thing. Like, me and Cole like each other, but having a third person there helps with the dynamics a lot, I think. Like, it, it, it just it just helps. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're also delightful dudes and, and super funny goofballs. Yeah. And also, th- that weekend was very special for, for those guys, too. Like, I feel like those guys became, like, super bros mm-hmm. that weekend because Brayden just recently moved out here. And, and they knew each other because uh, Brayden immediately uh, joined our game, game group. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a good weekend for them. And a good weekend for us. All of our relationships are stronger now <laughs> yeah. than they were before we went into the part of the Retro Gaming Expo. Yeah. It's awesome that that has, you know, even though Watch Out for Fireballs is on the banner for the uh, for the for the booth, that is turning into like a, a like a network thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to have it's cool to have uh, network network folk there as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and talk about it. some little kid came up to Brayton and said they love the pitch, which is and he was like <laughs> a young kid, which is <laughs> that's weird. Um <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, so that was that was super fun, and and big thanks to those guys, mm-hmm. and uh, and I know they had fun as well. Yeah. Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know what PRGE is, um, you know, we've talked about it a lot off and on, but uh, it's kind of like a big store, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it is. It started out um, as like in a tiny little hotel room or hotel conference room as like a little dealer's conference, like those sketchy, tiny comic book shows, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe your step uncle would take you to. And the uh, <laughs> the um, but na- like it, it's gotten bigger and bigger. And now as far as conventions I've gone to, it's the second biggest one I've gone to. Um, you know, it's, it's smaller than PAX, obviously, but it's huge. It's a, you know, it takes place in this huge uh, convention center. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of split up among um, four different elements. Um, there's the giant, like, retail section, which are used video game sellers. There's, like, the Etsy section, <laughs> which is where we're at. And it's, like, craft craftspeople. Um, and then there is uh, the arcade. There's a huge free play arcade. Mm-hmm. And then there are the panels and shows. And that's the the aspect of the the expo that I feel like has taken the longest really to kind of come to maturity. Yeah. But it's getting better. Like they're doing better with it every year. They're doing more of that stuff. Um, this year they had more kind of celebrities from the world of like gaming YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year and uh, this year, obviously, we did a live show. Yeah. And from that, we, we pitched them live shows. So um, those are the kind of the four parts of it. And we were really heavily invested. Like we banned the booth all weekend mm-hmm. and where we had Street Fighter 2 set up. And uh, we'll, t- we'll tell you about our contest here in a minute. <laughs> and then uh, and then we did our live show on Sunday. Yeah. So, no. Yep. And uh, um, thanks to everybody who came out, if you're listening to this, um, and stopped by the booth, and especially, you know, who came by the live show. You know, we had a lot of friends, you know, pop by, and it really made the weekend, you know, all that much more uh, special, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the asymmetric <laughs> folk were, were in attendance. So the people from Video Games Hot Dog and Video Games Taco uh, were up. And uh, it was really nice. Like, it was the first time I got to meet uh, Riff mm-hmm. of Nerd, and that was awesome. And, uh, and I met Kevin, which was also cool. Yeah. Um, that, that just made me sound like Riff was awesome. Kevin, <laughs> also cool. I just don't know Kevin very well. Yeah. I don't I don't talk to him on Twitter or anything, but we've had Riff on Can, Abject Suffering and Bonfireside Chat. Can and, you really know Kevin? <laughs> I, 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 could, I didn't meet him until, like, late Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, – so, so – but it was really nice to see all those people. Zach's always a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, Jenny's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily, yeah. all those guys are great. Yeah. Um, and then we had also uh, friends who came by who are local, um, mm-hmm. so like Brandon and uh, Miranda. Brandon did um, for a little while. There's a little cartoon version of us that's hanging on my wall right now <laughs> of our logo that was our Facebook logo for a long time. Yeah. Um, Brandon drew that, and he uh, he's a, a good buddy and local. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bob, Bob Mackey uh, came up. Yeah, Bob. Bob and, and his, his uh, girlfriend Jora, mm-hmm. who's uh, super awesome. Um, it's just like really, and then a lot of people who like we knew from years before, mm-hmm. like you'd start like seeing. It's like, oh, I see you once one day a year, um, but this is the third time I've seen you. I'm going to start remembering who you are, <laughs> you know. And that was really cool too. And a lot of those people came to the meetup, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was really awesome. So yeah. it, was, it was really cool to to see some people who were kind of fans or people who had who had come by in years previous. Yeah. Good, uh, good pick on the Lovecraft bar for the meetup, by the way. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah we we got to tell that story because that's <laughs> that was fun. So um, because I talk about H.P. Lovecraft all the time, there's a bar in Portland called the Lovecraft Bar, which is a really small, like, little goth bar room. You know, they have, like, DJ dance parties and stuff. And I think that they do sometimes have, like, yeah, goth metal bands mm-hmm. and stuff. But uh, we, we decided, you know, to do the, the meetup there because it was close to the Expo Center and because I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> and it turned out to be, like, pretty great. 
uh, for the first half of it, it was mostly just us. So like, <laughs> it's just like a bunch of old video game dorks. <laughs> you know, it's just like a big, like a, like a big herd of graphic tees, just um, you know, kind of coming into the uh, in, invading. Uh, but then that night, uh, somebody was having their wedding reception. There was a, a Brit pop dance party, which I knew was going on, and uh, and but then I also found out it was kind of a wedding reception. Mm-hmm. So like halfway through the night, um, they started playing very good music, which was awesome. Um, but then also like this this fog machine, like. Like somebody sat on the fog button and didn't realize <laughs> yeah. like so much fog, it was unreasonable. Like it was just like you know, just imagine like us just sitting around talking about games and stuff, and then just you know, the room just filling with dense atmospheric fog. Yeah, you like, know, like me having to be closer to somebody than my normal desire for personal space allows in mm-hmm. order to see them and yeah. hear them. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was is you know, and it just smelled like fog juice, and I had the fog coughs the next day, and like. <laughs> Um, and then as a product of this, one of my favorite parts of it was I was sitting, uh, at a table talking, I think I was talking to, uh, to Jenny and Riff and the, uh, out of the fog comes a lady in a black dress <laughs> who sat down next to me and said, I was told to talk to you about skulls, <laughs> which that just, that rules. And it turns out is, 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 uh, Rachel, who is yeah. a, a friend of, of Zach's and stuff. And she's uh, from California and she's delightful. Yeah. But when I just thought that she was a mystery lady, <laughs> <laughs> who just like came out of a, a, a mystery fog to talk about mystery skulls. I was pretty jazzed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and then the, like the maybe satisfying postscript to that is we talked at like skull buying for like 15 minutes. Like she told me skull buying tips because <laughs> she owns a bunch of skulls and I've always wanted to own a human skull. <laughs> and, uh, because I fast, I fashion myself after, uh, Aruni Davis who owns many skulls. And I think that he is a <laughs> paragon of, I think, that uh, he, I think that he just has one skull that he makes sure is in every shot. I think so too. I've never seen more than one skull in the same place. Yeah. He's I, and I, and it's a fake skull and listen, buddy, <laughs> I, I have more than one fake skull. Um, but I, I, when I found out he, he did that, I got so like, it's just like, oh, geez. Like when, when you find out you have something in common with somebody who is an absolute piece of human garbage, like just like, uh, yeah, boy. um, that's not why I want a skull. I just, you know, I want it because I want it to give me powers or haunt me or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so the, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, Rachel and, uh, and her husband, Wes, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, friends with, uh, with, with, uh, Zach, uh, they they are the organizers behind uh, Zapcon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, and they they are they're amazing people and like super nice. Yeah. Um. And and it was really fun hanging out with those guys. Um. Yeah. So yeah, we had the meetup. Um. That was really fun. We did like last year starting to have a tradition. We do a big karaoke <laughs> uh, party, and that this year was better than last year. It was huge. Yeah. Went to a bigger location. There were more people. Um. I got to meet uh, Ben Merkel from the level. Yeah. Which was cool. Like I never met Ben before. Mm-hmm. It was good to see him. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it it is continuing to be a highlight of the year for us, right? Mm-hmm. Like it is it's it's a time and place where we can take this crazy virtual thing we do and bring it into the real world and actually meet a bunch of people that we only ever kind of see via text or hear them via MP3, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very fun. Like it was it was super super fun. And uh so like that was kind of on the on the personal level and then what we were doing to represent the show, so we had our booth. And uh each year we do a gimmick um kind of for whatever game we're doing. And this year the idea was uh if you beat me or Cole at Street Fighter, you enter into a raffle. Um and if you win, you get a, a uh this plaque I made, this uh <laughs> 
uh, Asian style plaque that has karate <laughs> font um, on karate it. Font. <laughs> is, that, is every letter just? I saw this, but this is just a yeah, joke question. Yeah. Is every letter of a guy like? Is it just a silhouette of a dude doing a different karate move? I wish. Like yeah. I'm sure such a font exists. Yeah. But when I say karate font, I mean papyrus. <laughs> um, the, yeah. And then uh, this little guile figure. I had, and then a T-shirt that says, um, "Like I'm marginally sort of kind of good at Street Fighter too." Yep. <laughs> because beating me or cold doesn't mean that much. Like no. neither of us are that good. Um, and so we had a lot of people who came up and challenged us, and that was really fun. Like some people who were awesome, some people who were who were not as awesome. But uh, <laughs> and, and it was I was surprised how many people were like super young kids who. <laughs> Kicked our ass, like yeah, like, so good. Mopped the floor with us. There was yeah. one particular little kid. I, I, I'm going to biff on his name, but I think Ben. I think it is Ben. Yeah, it's like uh, a nine year old kid who's apparently he just plays Street Fighter with his dad. Yep, <laughs> and and he was awesome and and beat us and he was adorable. Yeah, like <laughs> it was fun, like a. I, I kept joking with Elizabeth, uh, my girlfriend, about like having a kid after meeting this kid. Like, and then me and Elizabeth have been having this running joke, where if we we see a cute kid, we talk about kidnapping it. But the way we talk about it is like, do you want to do something a little naughty? I'm feeling a little decadent. <laughs> like the yes, way that office yes. people talk about eating chocolate. You know, <laughs> like, is, I'm just going to be a little bit sinful here and, uh, oh, I, and put this I, kid in the back seat of this car. I know I really shouldn't. But yeah, must. exactly. I shouldn't, but um, oh well. Come here, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like this this awesome combination of like incredibly humble and also like a bouncing ball of energy. Like he was bouncing yeah. up and down and just like yeah, he was he he ruled. Like that kid ruled. I really wish he had won, but uh, luck of the draw being what it was. Yeah, he did not. Um, <laughs> so the and and the whole, as soon as we get it, we'll put up on the Facebook page. Uh, the person who did win, I do want to release their name, uh, just in case they care. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're gonna take a picture of themselves with a the shirt we made. Yeah. And uh, send it to us. So we're going to put that up. But um, yeah, like a bunch of people entered and uh, it was really fun. Yeah, it was it was it was real cool. Like I kind of planned to practice and get really good at Street Fighter over the summer and I didn't. Um, <laughs> I just got OK at it. Um, so it was it was it was a good I feel like it was a good challenge level. Like playing against us at Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I knew that I was never going to be good at it. So I just tried to be competent. <laughs> yeah. They, they were like, there were, there were good things, even though, and, and I, I kept saying this and I'll say it again. And you'll hear me say it in the live episode. Um, I did beat a round against Cole without looking at the screen. <laughs> you, um, okay. You bought a round, but I won the match. You did, you did win the match. But we, so we got bored because we're at the, not bored, but like we were looking for ways to entertain ourselves. So we got, mm-hmm. kept getting into Blind Street Fighter, which uh, we were going to do that actually during the live stream, um, but we, forgot about it because we were all <laughs> sleep battled um but that is uh the person one person sets behind the booth with the tv facing out they can't see the screen and the other person can and then somebody stands behind that person and guides the person who can't see the screen <laughs> what they need to be doing and uh that was very fun and and extremely like hard on all ends like it is hard to play against somebody who's doing that because they're 100 unpredictable yeah and it is hard to play because you can't see the screen mm-hmm yeah. And uh, it was funny when we were doing it, Brayton was guiding me and he kept giving me non-advice. He's just like, you're doing it. Yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it. Like, over, over. Doing what? Like, hey, <laughs> tell me where things are. I have a mind's eye going here. And it's, <laughs> you're not feeding it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, definitely that, that, that unpredictability, that unpredictability highlights that Street Fighter is a game about ideally getting inside somebody's head. Yeah. You, know, you can't fight yeah. a wild card, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're like a Murdoch. <laughs> just just sit right behind the counter that you are a tough street fighter opponent. So that was also very fun. Um, what else was fun booth stuff? Really 
getting to hand stuff out like people came up and saw that we have buttons and stickers and stuff and like how much money is this and it's like no these are advertisements take them wear them yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah well, you you will give you two cents per click if you uh, <laughs> if you wear this button yeah, the, let's, uh, let's just let's negotiate a cpm here yeah let's get a dialogue the, uh, going yeah so so that was really fun um, what did you, uh, what'd you get from the show? Like, what'd you, uh, what'd you manage to pull? I only pulled one thing. I pulled a copy of, um, Clock Tower 3, mm-hmm. uh, for a, for a cool $15. Not too bad. And then I, I, I bought you a, uh, Metroid print. Yeah. Which is hanging, uh, above my dehumidifier. Nice. Appropriately enough. <laughs> um, keep yeah. it nice and uncrinkled. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be dry as the day it was born. Um, <laughs> The uh, mm. and I was I was looking for a copy of Kingsfield One. I'm still kind of mm. looking. Uh, I could buy that on eBay anytime I want, but I've wanted to keep the treasure hunt alive. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't find that uh, oddly enough, frustratingly enough. But I did get a copy of Shadow Tower, and I got a copy of uh, Baroque, which is a game I've always wanted to play that sounds bonkers, a weird Atlas PS2 game. And then uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, because when I bring back Infinity Engineers. Uh, during December, after this crazy month, um, I'm going to uh, do a B-side on it because I want to replay that game anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, for me, it's 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 difficult, especially to buy a lot of stuff because I have to think about how I'm going to bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, 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 the store aspect of it is less important than just kind of like getting to meet people and shake hands and stuff. You yeah, know? Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Like it, it is it is fun. And like I feel like if I wasn't involved in it. Like, if that was just another thing that just happened, and it actually is true, like, they, they do just a vendor version mm-hmm. in uh, December. Um, so I'll go to that, and I'll just shop, and I'll just be able to be, like, a, a consumer mm-hmm. at that one. So it's not that important, but it is fun to just have, like, miles and miles of, of games to flip through. Yeah. You know? As somebody who likes old games, it's fun to, to treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, then on Sunday, we actually did the the show itself. Mm-hmm. Um at first, I was a little salty because I thought they cut our time a little bit, but really, they just gave more setup time. Yeah, which, which is, is good. great. So that yeah. people, the, the panel before us didn't eat into our time. Exactly, which is yeah. what happened last year. We're not bitter or anything. No, um, yeah, but the uh, so this you know so we had a little bit less time, but I think it was a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. To talk about Street Fighter Two, and you'll li- you'll hear in the episode. Like, we spent most of our time just making goofs on the characters <laughs> and didn't talk, you know, so much about, like, frame jabs and, and kick cancels and stuff. <laughs> so. Uh, I could listen to you just make up Street Fighter terms. <laughs> Not all day. Like, maybe yeah. for another couple minutes. Well, yeah, yeah, I could listen to you do that twice more in your life. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we so we we talk about it in there, but it's not our most in depth as far as the play stuff. Like we do yeah. cover cover things, but yeah. it's it's a real glossing over because of the limited amount of time we had. Yeah, and, and the also, fact that's so deep and we don't know yeah. enough about it. Like we we start out with a with a disclaimer: we're tourists, right? Yeah, and so I would feel goofy, like I would feel like a real asshole if I said this is definitively a thing that makes Street Fighter. No, no, asshole, stop. Yeah, <laughs> we we uh, yeah we don't actually know. Yeah. So and and this is we're. You know, dorky enough about it that we read a book about it as opposed to actually getting the knowledge. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I, I'm going to read this ebook. Yep. It's um, a good ebook. Let's put that yeah, in the show notes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. Um, Pat Patrick Miller, uh, Pat the Flip on uh, Twitter, um, from Master to Master. Um, so Google that, but we'll put it in the, uh, the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really, really good. And it is a great book about understanding 
why fighting games are cool mm-hmm. um, and what the, the kind of depth is for them. But like, I just hadn't dedicated my life up to that point <laughs> to, to fighting <laughs> games. So I wasn't equipped to be like an expert about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I like to think that we held our own, but it wasn't, uh, you know, we don't speak with quite as much authority as we sometimes can. Yeah. I think is what I'm dancing around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was, it was a good time anyway. Yeah. It was super fun. Like the, the actual panel itself went really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and then like several, you know, a bunch of people, I love it when we do those and people just decide to take a chance on it and haven't seen us before or anything mm-hmm. and then like it, yeah. uh, because that, that's a, like a fun thing to do if you're at one of these things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm sick of walking around a little bit. I'm just going to watch some people talk. Yeah. And then it, like, if they actually liked it, like stumbling across something like that, you really like is very fun. Yeah. So if there's anybody listening who was there for the first time and discovered us through the live show, Hey, welcome. Yeah. We're happy you, you uh, took a, took a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Is there anything else, uh, pre-roll wise? No, other than thank you so much to all of our Patreon backers. You know, last year we did the Kickstarter to uh, mm-hmm. kind of get all the funding up at once. Um, and this year we kind of changed the model to something that'll work uh, more for the long term. And, you know, we are already planning uh, for other stuff we can do, but we could not have done this, um, you know, expense wise, really, uh, if it wasn't for your, uh, frankly, shockingly generous support. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we've been kind of half looking out. Like, we would love to do, you know, if, if you're bummed out because you don't live in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. like, we would love to, you know, at some point branch out and do these things in other places. Um, you know, no firm plans for that. Like, mm-hmm. we don't, you know, but we, that's something we're interested in, in a tentative early step. Yeah kind of place so uh, maybe we'll be coming to a town near you yeah and if you know of like a you know a, a retro themed or a video game themed event happening somewhere uh kick us a line i can't say that you know like n- no promises ever made but like a big part of this is like we don't really know where these happen um yeah, yeah we we don't just like just about a couple of them but we've never actually been there so we don't know if they would be like appropriate you know if they would feel weird like it would just be all the other cool modern game guys beating us up um, you know, just, just, you know, doing a real nerd roll on us. Where are your pixels now? Yeah. You wear your pixels now, fat boys, <laughs> pigs, <laughs> just slamming our face into, into copies of uh cod blop. <laughs> like yes. eat, eat the loadout <laughs> eat shotgun the guys. Eat the- uh, <laughs> what the- what the- I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and then the other thing being is that, like, uh, Cole works full-time. I am a full-time student, so we can't just, like, drop everything and do that stuff. Yeah. But we would like to do – it was really fun, I guess is all I'm saying. And yeah. it would be fun to do more of that stuff, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so uh, without too much further, uh, here, enjoy the content of our live episode. Uh, my name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you are watching Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. Yes, and this year we're talking about Street Fighter II, uh, which was developed and published by Capcom for arcades and pretty much everything else in uh, 1991. Yeah, the gold standard for competitive <laughs> fighting games. This started a genre. This was a huge deal. We've been playing it and kind of living it all weekend. Yeah. Um, hi, everybody. Hey. He's actually here. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Hey, guys. Um, every... <laughs> Yes. Um, that was great. Every, just because I want to prove that everyone has one, everyone say your favorite Street Fighter character at the same time. Really? Yes. All right. Let's workshop that a little bit. Okay. I'm going to do one, two, three, go, and then you guys do it. All right. All right. One, two, three. 
Everybody has a favorite Street Fighter character because this game is ridiculously influential. <laughs> yes, it is. Wow. And it feels a little bit like ridiculous to talk about the generalities of Street Fighter 2 because to do that is to actually talk about all fighting games ever, right? Like this is the mold that all of that kind of came from. Yeah. Perpetuity throughout the universe. And <laughs> it may fool you. You may think that we actually know what we're talking about, but we want to make sure that you understand that we are tourists in this world. Like this is not, Street Fighter is incredibly technical. There are professionals who make a living playing this video game, and we are not them. Yeah. Um, if, we, you, yeah. if you are one of them, please don't, like, hang us, because yeah. we're going to say <laughs> yeah. some, like, backward-headed shit about yeah. this. We're going to so. make, make some serious misconceptions. Yeah. Um, so Street Fighter <laughs> was created by Shigeru Miyamoto in 1986, <laughs> and it's the first platformer that actually... The, uh, no, um, Every character is named after one of their many plumbers. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. He lived in a big dormouse. He was crazy. <laughs> Party at Shigeru's house. Um, but just so you know, we're just speaking from personal experience. We've been trying to prepare this summer. Um, we do not, uh, other than this weekend, we didn't get tons of time to play. Yeah. So uh, forgive us. Yeah. Our, how, our sins. how many of you stopped by the booth and actually played against us? Yeah, yeah I'm seeing some. Thanks. Sentence. Yes, I, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, anyone who hasn't, uh, feel free to stop by and, and challenge us. You can win cool prizes, and we'll get your comment. <laughs> Get your commentary on the uh, on the episode. Yeah. Um, so let's do the basics. Yeah. These are one-on-one uh, -on -one fights, right? Uh, and the <laughs> it feels so ridiculous because you're just yeah. trying to like, get the other guy's health down to zero. Yeah. It's yeah. not like a Smash Brothers. There's no ring outs or anything like that. This is kind of pre that. And yeah. uh, this uh, started the six-button layout. So we have three punches, three kicks, real basic, and then special moves. So those are usually quarter circles or charge moves. And uh, they're easy. You know, those used to exist. Like if you play Karate Champ and such, <laughs> that game's inscrutable. And, and you can make special moves happen in it but you shouldn't because you shouldn't play it because it's garbage. It's really hard. It's very hard to get your, your fighter to actually do to fight in the way you want him to. Yeah. Uh, so these are more standardized. Yeah, what's great is like there's a large amount of intentionality to it. Like As you're getting better, and I've experienced this over this weekend, is to actually just... I can actually do what I plan on doing now. Yeah. And that's a huge part of uh, getting in there. It's kind of crazy, too. The people who are really good at this, there have been studies, like, you, when you are a competitive fighting game player, you're essentially seeing the future. Like, there is <laughs> nothing, no uh, disconnect between your brain and your hands. Like, it just, or your eyes and your hands, almost. Like, you are literally just kind of anticipating what's going to happen. And, like, there have been studies about this. Um, there's a podcast called uh, You're Not So Smart. They had a guy who did a competitive killer instinct, and he was talking about it. And it's just really interesting. Like, you literally are kind of seeing the future when you're really good at this stuff. Like, just your muscle memory is so strong. Yeah. Um, this game introduced combos, um, which is interesting because it was originally an animation bug. Um, this was something the game was not intended to have, but they left it in because it was super interesting. And they also thought no one would discover them, and uh, they were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like anybody who knows anything about like what fighting games are now, you have stuff like Marvel versus Capcom, where you get 200, 700 hit combos or whatever. Like in yeah. Street Fighter 2, it's really pared back. Like it'll be a little bit surprising if it's been a while since you played it, because like it maxes out at like four hit, <laughs> the <laughs> four hit yeah. combos. Yeah, four four hit combos just about. And these, yeah. uh, there's a resource we use that I want to recommend. Um, there's a ebook called uh, From Masher to Master: uh, The Educated Video Game Enthusiast Fighting Guide Primer by Patrick Miller. Uh, Pat the Flip on Twitter. He's a really nice guy. He's really cool. And uh, he works for Shriukan.com. Yep. And it is a really awesome primer on how to think about fighting games and why you should. Yep. Uh, because it is a really, really deep competitive experience. Like, yep. we are on the record of being a little bit skeptical of, like, eSport things. Like, it, it seems a little bit silly to us. But at the same time, like, it is undeniably a skill. 
and undeniably really impressive when someone's great at it. Yeah, and uh, if you read this book, um, which again we really recommend, it's you know free online. You know, there's all these things about you know hit boxes and hurt boxes. You know, frame counting, like understanding stuff like iframes, like invincibility, uh, invincibility frames, and uh, like how everything is like rock paper scissors. And my understanding intellectually of this, I can't actually execute on it because of my dumb meat hands. Uh, but um, is uh, it's really about kind of getting in your opponent's head and uh, reducing the possibility space because there are so many different things you could do at any given moment. Uh, being good at Street Fighter is about like knowing which three or four things will get you the best result, right? Right, and setting yourself up for future positions. Like there's yeah. a lot of uh, kind of future casting involved. Again, talking about that uh, seeing in the future thing, it's really impressive. Like it's not generally our kind of game. It's not the kind of game we usually do for the show. Um, partly because I don't think either Cole or I are very competitive. Um, and partly because the narrative is bonkers, ridiculous, and like not that worth paying attention to, even though we're going to talk about it because it's really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. But first, though, there's there's a million different versions of uh, of this game. Start out with uh, Street Fighter II: The World Warrior, um, surprise hit. They weren't expecting it, and uh, Capcom started refining it with each version, um, kind of iterating on it and turning Street Fighter II into its own kind of cottage industry. Yeah, and uh, kind of Capcom has this reputation now of like churning stuff out, like everything they get that's popular, uh, they just do over and over again. We saw it with Mega Man, and this really started, you know, with uh, with Street Fighter Two uh, in the arcades. And when you say cottage industry, like this also kind of started a you know a resurgence in arcade games in the early '90s too. Like people were going to arcades again um, in order to kind of get this competitive experience. Yeah, and and everyone probably has a memory of going to a, a you know seeing an arcade and seeing a Street Fighter machine and just seeing people lined up for it. You put the quarters down. <laughs> um, there's a really good documentary called I Got Next that is about professional Street Fighter. I recommend. Um, and uh, it's just it's just really impressive. Like it is that is a defining arcade memory for me. I wouldn't even play. I would just watch people play because it's very fun to watch someone be good at something. Yeah. Kind of no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So shortly after that, there's like championship edition and I'm not, we're not going to give you like a list of everything <laughs> that, that's different. The fireball yeah. turns red sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it does. It, it does. The, that, uh, is, yeah, that is a true thing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm being glib, but also yeah. truthful. Um, but, uh, you know, just to kind of fix some usability stuff, like, oh, you can play as some of the CPU characters, you know, uh, M. Bison and, and, and whatnot. And it also allowed kind of same character matchups, like, like mirror match kind of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, they sped it up, and each kind of version of it kept speeding it up. And there's, so there's those uh, concessions to accessibility, but then there's also, like, people have mastered this, and they just want to just blast the max and push it to the, to the, the ropes. Because, I mean, you play uh, turbo or hyper fighting. Yeah, it's an expression. I know. Um, and it's not. No, you don't. <laughs> like, no, you don't know that. No, it's yeah. just like jazz. Like, if you yeah. hit the wrong note, say it three more times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah it's, yeah, it's close enough for government jazz. Um, you do, like, five-star uh, Street Fighter Turbo, and it goes at the speed of sound. Like, it is so ridiculous. Like, it is not a playable thing. It looks like... Um, you're watching somebody fast forward through a YouTube of like a boring part. Like it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it's not really a thing, but they just kept making it uh, faster. While also, um, you know, Super Street Fighter 2, a new chip, uh, the engine was kind of revamped a little bit and they had new music and graphics that looked better and sounded better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this was also ported to like every system under the sun. I think everybody probably had a little bit of experience with it on like home consoles, like uh, SNES, Genesis, uh, but also like DOS and Amiga apparently yeah. got, got some versions like of Game this. Like Game Boy, yeah. if there's a Game Boy version, it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's a, there's a bunch of really kind of rough board versions, and the yeah, that's that's yeah. that's that's the winner. That's what we have at the booth. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, the the console ports uh, in general kind of stripped the game down, uh, stripped down the graphics and presentation, and uh, lagged behind in adding new features and characters, but uh, still kind of kept that basic play. Mm -hmm. So and because this was such a hot commodity in the arcade game, I feel like this was or in the arcade version, 
um, it had that effect of like, oh, I've put tons of quarters in this. I can play this for free, <laughs> you know, and that was part of what made it a huge hit. Like, yeah. you know, I'm already going to play it. Might as yeah. well do it at home with my brother. Yeah. Or like to practice. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like, you know, just, uh, I want to really, really learn this character so I can go and show the cool kids at the laundromat what's happening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I hate people at laundromats. Like, if, <laughs> if you've ever seen one of those laundromat people, you want to put them in their place. It's and like, just the only way to do it is Street Fighter or Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> And Maybe if you didn't spend so much money on Street Fighter, you could afford a washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. We that was a very weird battle. I'm sorry. The, uh, <laughs> um, so for the show, we're doing Street Fighter 2 Turbo because um, it is kind of widely regarded as the most arcade accurate SNES port, and that's what we end up playing yeah. um, as kids a lot. Mm -hmm. But right now in the current meta um, is Street Fighter 2 uh, Turbo HD Remix, which is on 360 and PS3. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really impressive. It's got the um, Udon, who's the company that did the uh, graphic novels based on the lore, which is, we'll talk about the lore. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Don't worry, we're going to get there. But they did the art for it, and it's, it's, they look really cool. Like, everything's really exaggerated. It's got a really distinct style. Yeah. Um, and it looks really, really good. They also have a... Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> I, I, I wasn't actually <laughs> doing... I unconsciously did a boob motion for the audio <laughs> of that, but I wasn't trying to. It was just... Uh, sometimes I just do that. <laughs> they were removed in the war, and I have phantom... <laughs> Phantom Knockers. The um, <laughs> the, uh, the the the, the uh, Turbo HD Remix actually has a lot of like learning concessions too. Like uh, yeah. it'll show you like hit boxes and hurt boxes and stuff, and let you kind of like slow things down and count frames, so you can really kind of understand uh, some of those technicalities, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're gonna talk a little about the characters since this game doesn't have a traditional narrative. Um, so the idea is it's the World Warrior. So it's different people mm -hmm. of different nationalities. And this is an extension of the mild racism of Punch-Out. <laughs> like, if you remember how Punch-Out, it's like, his name is Vodka Drunkinski. That's not okay. <laughs> and then now, though, it's Zengief, and he, like, dances with Gorbachev and wrestles bears, because that's what Russian people do. Um, so it's that kind of, like, oh, you Nintendo racism that, like, we just let them get away with because they're our grandpa, our gaming grandpa. Grandpa, so. grandpa me. Miyamoto. Yeah, Grandpa Miyamoto can do whatever he wants. Like, yeah. it's just, at this point, let him go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, so do we just want to kind of hit some of the characters? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We want to hit all of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, get, buckle up. Oh, yeah, we're, um, it's going to be a long ride. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, starting off with Ryu. So, Ryu, uh, Cole's got it here in the notes. It's a good uh, point. The, the Mario of uh, Street Fighter. Yeah. He's the, the template for just about every fighting game character. In that book that I mentioned, they have a thing how characters are designed about dealing with Ryu because Ryu has his fireball and then he can do the dragon punch and you can cover a ridiculous amount of defensive area with that. Yeah. So each character has a way to kind of deal with that. And mm -hmm. uh, they're different ways. They're balanced in a way, but it's all about this basic Ryu. You build on Ryu. Yeah. The, the book also makes uh, this kind of interesting claim that I would like to believe because it's cool. I've never checked it. But like when you look at the marketing for a fighting game, usually there's a character like front and center. Um, and what the book says is that that is the Ryu of that game, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, every, like go to that one, learn it, and then everything else kind of extends from it. Right. Yeah. Um, so he is uh, he's the pure fighter is his story. He just wants to fight. And he's so trained uh, and skilled that criminals want to leverage his power <laughs> and get a hold of him. Because there's a dark world of crime and drugs in, uh, in Street Fighter for some reason. And if he, if, he, if he wins, he doesn't do the ceremony. Every end, uh, there's a thing in the thing where it's like all the crowd was whispering, where's champion? 
like, where's Champion? Um, and then he walks off in the sunset. He does a sad Hulk walk, yeah. Because yeah. it's all about the fight. Yeah, yes, it is. Looking for his next challenge. But it just gets crazier. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That, like, I was like, oh, man, that's a little bit underwhelming. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. short time. Yeah. Uh, Ken is kind of just a palette swap of Rio. Um, they diverge a little bit uh, uh, as they go into different versions of the game. And the reason for that is in Street Fighter 1, if you wanted to play two fighter, it was just Ryu versus Ryu, except Ryu was blonde and he was also named Ken. Uh, <laughs> Similar to the way that I am Cole, but I have a different color hair. My name is Gary. Yes. So you know how you know how people work with individual identities. Yeah. Like it's a thing that yeah. if you have face blindness. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so he has the, he has similar moves, but they're differently weighted. So his uh, his dragon punch is a little bit faster. He recovers a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, but his fireballs and shurikens are not quite as good. Yeah. And uh, he's an American. He's a sassy American. Yeah. And a sparring partner. <laughs> and then when he ends, he wins the tournament. <laughs> his wife runs up and just and he's like, Eliza. Well, it's not his wife yet. It's or his fiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just spoiler. Um, okay. Let's roll whole, this back. Yeah. Roll back. Hi, my name's Cole. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's holding this girl who just came up out of nowhere, and then immediately it fades out and fades back in. It's just a jump cut. It's yeah, just yeah. him and his karate G, and then smash cut, him in a tuxedo. Holding her as a, as a wife, and it starts playing wedding music. Then smash cut, sepia tone version of the same thing. They're dead in the future. We've bought this photo from a thrift store and <laughs> like who's this weird karate guy marrying a lady um it's really really weird and then it turns into a movie about a hotel in budapest yeah. <laughs> all, all he was doing was fighting to get married so it's a, it's a struggle that like i sympathize with you know now as, as a thing it's like, um it's a, it's a fable it's a, for our times it's a weird rocky movie yeah <laughs> Oh man! Speaking of bad action movies, we got Guile here as well. Yeah, um, he is kind of the uh, the, the American <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of the American bad boy, meant to yeah. appeal to uh, the brash American audience with his uh, with his militaristic garb and his absolutely bug nuts bonkers haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. And yeah. he, uh, they decided to make him like the one American character and gave him a name that no American has ever had yeah. or anyone has ever had. That means cunning. Yeah. That, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't actually mean name. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. His name, though, no. <laughs> yeah. is not name. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, um, my, f my favorite detail about Guile, uh, he achieves that, you know, wonderful hairstyle with special order, army-issued hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> So that is true. That's in it's Street meant to hold tanks together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Our boys overseas. And the reason he's fighting, which like they didn't need to give these guys reasons to no, fight. The, the reason why he's fighting is because M Bison, uh, who we'll talk about, uh, killed his former squad mate Charlie. And when he wins, he's gonna execute Bison. It's really intense, and you think that there's gonna be some closure. And instead, his wife comes and says no. And then <laughs> smash cut to him living in a living like his living room. Like reading a newspaper, and it's straight up like you know my blue heaven. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they got him out. Like he's he, you know that's all it took. Like nobody at any point said you shouldn't kill people with your flaming kick. And like <laughs> if anyone says that, it ends the whole tournament for him. Yeah. So <laughs> they just didn't try talking to him. Yeah, exactly. You know, see, exactly. Guile for as tricky as he is, he does listen to reason. Yeah. You know, he's a <laughs> and kind of mechanically, he's a super defensive character. So like yeah. with Guile, you're always pressing back and down because you can always respond to things uh, that way. Yeah. So here's a secret about how to beat me. Um, <laughs> if you're over there, uh, just play because you're gonna win anyway. Uh, but um, play Guile and uh, just bank on me forgetting that he can grab you in midair and <laughs> snap your back. So. I, I, I'm I'm gonna make a. a 
I'm going to say something. I don't mean to rub this in. I just want to, <laughs> as many people know as possible. I beat a match at one round, Nicole, not a whole match, a round from behind, behind the TV without, without seeing actually what happened. I won the first round. I lost the second two. But I, I was, and I was handicapped by one star. <laughs> so all, all true things. Also, when Guile jumps, his spine, like he does this bending through himself claymation thing that I yeah. was trying to find a gif of and couldn't. That's an artifact of when he was uh, able to turn into a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the 2014 Chevy Guile. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but he's uh, he's the first of uh, the charge characters that we yeah. talked about, right? Yeah. So there are like two different ones. Either you do directional combinations uh, in order to do like fireballs and stuff, or there's a class of characters that you know you hold a button for a little you know for a little while and let it go. Yeah, right? and then you have Chun Li who does in turbo does a little bit of both. Yeah, um, so she's uh, she's the lady fighter. She's the first major female character in a, uh, a fighting game. Um, she's super quick. Her emphasis is on kicks and jumps, and uh, <laughs> she has this lightning kick that everyone knows where she just kicks a bunch. Um, her backstory, which you may not know this, is uh, she is Chinese. She works for Interpol, trying to uh, uncover the criminal side of the tournament, which there is. And uh, her ending, which she like prays over her father's grave after avenging his death, and then uh, says his drug will surely collapse. Then it says, now back to being a single young girl. She's super happy. She's thrown off all of her clothes, which are yep. floating behind her in the shape of a person, like she's being followed by an invisible man. Yeah. And it's super sexist and gross. Like she's just like, I only want to do my job until I do this thing. Now I'm a girl and I can shop. Like it's awful. Like it's troubling. Time to be a single lady. Yeah, it's it's troubling. Single ladies can fight. <laughs> Um, oh man! Uh, also, kind of weird about her is uh, over over the course of the evolution of the series and the art, her legs have just gotten like tree trunk sized. <laughs> like yeah. they, they emphasize that about her. Yeah, yeah. She's like uh, like just two telephone poles with a lady on top. It's, it's crazy. It's two guiles worth of leg with her torso <laughs> on it. It's really weird. Um, yeah. Speaking of weird, Blanca um, is the wild man from Brazil, and he. I think when you're young, at least for me, I always picked him because he's a cool monster. Like yeah. everyone else. This is just a guy. I don't care. But he's a cool <laughs> monster uh, who uh, got dropped in Brazil. Lots of weird things about his story. Like he uh, drinks chlorophyll to blend in with plants. <laughs> yeah. It's just straight chlorophyll from, yeah. Yeah, from the, the plant store. And then he learned how to cause electricity from electric eels. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really inconsistent from to, from game to game. I swear, one thing that I read was his plane crashed into electric eels, and that's why he can do that thing he does. Like a sci-fi <laughs> original movie, like <laughs> Eel NATO, Eel Man. Yeah, the, the, um, uh, his uh, his ending. His mother pops up at the tournament, like again, nothing, and just is like. <laughs> Hey, you're Jimmy, my long-lost son. I know because of this bracelet I gave you, which I swear was a shackle. And you know how kids love foot bracelets, yep. especially like six-year-old boys. Um, yeah, so she recognized him from that. Yeah. And he gets to go back to civilization. He cries. It's like, Mommy, Mommy, Jimmy, Jimmy. And you're like, yeah. what does the future hold for Blanca? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, so, so I think a lot, like a lot of these story details are just endemic to the like the you know, Street Fighter Two itself. There's a whole prequel series like the Alpha, like uh, Street yeah. Fighter Alpha One, Two, and Three, where they go into way more detail about these characters than they actually need to. Yeah, it's it's perplexing. Yeah, I say least. Um, yeah. Tell us about Dalsim. Yeah, Dalsim. He's a he's a yogi from India. Again, uh, continuing the uncomfortable uh, nationalistic stereotypes. Yeah. He wears he wears a necklace of tiny skulls. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, oh I actually, I remember seeing that. Yeah. yeah. There's a guy who had stretchy limbs who was also a yogi, but he didn't wear a baby skull necklace. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he is uh, barely human. <laughs> and then in his presentation, he's, he's basically Gumby. Uh, and uh, mechanically, he, uh, the way he works is he can hit you from across the screen. So he is the closest you get to a pure distance fighter, right? Yeah, but he's weak once he gets up front. Or yeah. once you get up close, he's super weak. So, like, he can keep you away, but if you get in, he's in trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, breathes fire, can teleport. He's got magic powers because of the mystic other countries. Yeah, yes. um, Ooh. He's yeah, unfortunately, boring. and he's got—he doesn't have any reason. He's like fighting for to give money for his village. Yeah, <laughs> eh, I don't like that. And then at the end, he reunites with his long lost uh, mom. Or no, no, I'm sorry, I read the oh, wrong so, thing. Yes. With his family, reunites with his, his family. He learns he's his, actually Blanca. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Twist. Well, I—it's yeah, the prototype version. He. Um, but he, he, with his son, who looks very racially uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, super, super, like that one Dragon Ball Z character that nobody oh, should like Mr. because Popo. he's in blackface. <laughs> yeah. Um, he looks like that. And then Brayden was saying that it is his son who has reincarnated into him. <laughs> or he's re his son is, and I don't know where he got that from. I didn't yeah. get a chance to ask because I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, doing something else. But it's some, some, some kind of citation needed for that. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird because the more bizarre the characters get, especially in Dalsim's case, kind of the, the less intricate their backstory is. Yeah. Like, Guile has this huge political motive and, you know, like, oh, it's yeah. revenge, whereas he's just trying to raise money. I don't know if there's, like, some kind of conservation of crazy that's such a That's such a good reason to enter a fighting tournament. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, so, just for the record, in case it surprises anybody, I would not enter a fighting tournament. <laughs> I'm really out of shape and I don't know how to fight. But if anything was going to motivate me to do it, it might be money. <laughs> money can be exchanged for goods and services. It seems reasonable to me. Um, you know, much more reasonable than any of the other motivations. Uh, <laughs> yep. Especially Zangief, uh, who is a giant Russian, Russian wrestler, um, mm. trained fighting bears in Siberia, and is fighting in the tournament at Gorbachev's request. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is funny because this was made in 1991, like at the very tail end of, you know, the, the Cold War, like the Soviet yeah. Union. So like a year after this came out, it was already out of Well, date. Capcom was full of Gorby heads at the time. That's oh, what we yeah. call them. Yeah. People were just big fans of Gorbachev regardless. They were getting tattoos of the <laughs> yeah. birthmark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just tattoos of Gorbachev with the birthmark. Yeah. Like thing. Um, so he does lots of grabs. He's a close-up fighter. He does this spinning tornado pile driver thing that according to official lore... He was uh, pile-driving bears when a tornado picked him up, <laughs> which gave him the idea of spinning. Um, and if you, if you win with him, a helicopter comes down with Gorbachev, uh, says, you know, you did it, buddy. <laughs> and let's do that, like that stereotypical Russian dance. The Cossack dance. Yeah, the Cossack dance. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. It's super, super weird. And it goes on for long. It's like one of the longest endings. Yeah. But, it's but, a joy. But the helicopter comes down out of nowhere, and Gorbachev is just hanging from the struts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. It's President, like... we'd advise against this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which no. seems like more of a Putin move to me, yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's how I picture him getting around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, helicopter strut one. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, E Honda, who is the sumo wrestler, um, super high defense, but um, you know he's not very fast. Uh, surprisingly fast for his, si for his size, but he's not that fast. Yeah. And uh, he just wants to make sumo more popular. <laughs> he's. Yeah. 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 And uh, when he wins, he's just kind of like talking to his students. Hey, look at this. Yeah. 
you're you're legitimized now. Go yep. forth and prosper, I suppose. Yep. I, I will eat Nabi. <laughs> yeah. um, so the Chandelu Masters, which are the name of the bad guys. Shadaloo. Shadaloo, sorry. You're trying to make it's it sound Shandaloo less... a thing? No, it's not. <laughs> okay, okay. I think you're just trying to make it sound less like an Adam Sandler filler. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Shadaloo. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the Opera Man Masters. Yep. Yeah. Um, so there's four guys. You couldn't play at them at first. It was really cool when you could. Yep. And they're kind of interesting because they have this name switcheroo thing that's kind of a famous piece of Street Fighter history. Yeah. Um, Balrog, who we know as Balrog, it's the boxing character. Aaron Ashley is known as Boxer uh, <laughs> because, uh, you know, lack of imagination in the world. <laughs> um, but he was originally known as M. Bison because it was supposed to be like Mike Tyson because yep. um, he looks exactly like Mike Tyson. <laughs> um, and he, even his backstory is like he got kicked out of boxing for throwing headbutts and biting faces. Yeah, and uh, that actually works into some of his special moves. Yeah. Like he is, a, he is a dirty fighter. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's a very dirty fighter. <laughs> he's a bad, bad he's, man, he's a you bad might boy. say. <laughs> yeah, hashtag bad boys. The original bad boy is a street fighter. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's him. And the ending for these guys, they all just get this like really, really militaristic, real like national socialist-esque ending with them marching people and then just like their face on top of something. Um, so he just kind of gloats at yeah. the thing. And then Don King shows up. Or Don, <laughs> Don King alike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you also have Vega, uh, who's a pretty popular character. Uh, A.K.A. Claw, internationally. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, appropriately enough, he has a claw, which you yeah. can knock off. He is one of the only Street Fighter characters I know of who actually uses a weapon. He's the only seems... one up until this point. Like, uh, yeah. later I think there's a dude with a stick. Oh, yeah. Um, but this point, like, they just decided to let him have a Wolverine claw. Um, and he's this super vain uh, Spaniard. Yeah. He studied uh, bullfighting, and he's really cool. He can actually use the stage he's in. We're not going to talk a lot about the stages because they're almost all the same, but um, one of the notable things is he's got a fence in the back of his stage, which alters one of his moves. Um, hmm. He can do this launcher, and if he does it in that stage, he actually pulls on the fence. It's kind of unpredictable when he's going to jump off. It's real neat. Yeah. He's really fast, but he has a low defense. Uh, yeah. Here at the show, like I noticed the most variation between people who played him. Mm -hmm. Either they took advantage of the fact that he can leap around like a frogman, or they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, there's two kinds of people in this world. <laughs> people who think there's only beetles and the stones, and people who think that Vega leaps around like a frogman, or he doesn't. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. because he's super vain. Yep. He wears the mask because no one deserves to see how beautiful he is. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and also to protect And I can't argue with him. Like, <laughs> it is, it is, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's blindingly beautiful. Let's all get serious for a second. He's a very attractive man. Um, yeah. And his yeah. ending is just him with a rose in his mouth. Yeah. It's super. It's, yeah, it's really um, funny. So there's uh, Saget, or Saget, who is the, uh, the final boss of the first Street Fighter. He's a, a Muay Thai master who's like a taller Ken and Ryu who has a few more moves. I never liked him. Like, I think yeah. he's like cheap and evil looking. Like, he looks like a bad guy, and I wanted to put on clothes. Um, <laughs> like, really bad. Like, he's really close to nude. Um, and he, his ending, he's like, man, it was great when I fought Ryu. <laughs> that's that's the, the reason for his being. It's super I remember weird. who gave me this scar. Yeah. 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 I didn't mean to do it with that deep of a voice, but I've been talking all weekend. I'll do it. <laughs> that will do it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, he just kind of bounces off me. Like, I, when I see his name in a list, I'm like, which one is he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's M. Bison, uh, which... As we mentioned before, the M and M Bison stands for Mike. So the big bad, like the, Mag the Magneto equivalent in this universe, the worst possible person is named Mike Bison. Like Bison of Bison's Auto Repair. <laughs> yes. You know, or like Mike Bison of, I don't know, your local butcher. Like <laughs> yes. um, and he's, he's known internationally as Dictator. Uh, because when you're playing this super fun game where you get to punch your friends, jump around, um, you're playing somebody who is 
definitely committed war crimes <laughs> and definitely killed innocent people like, yeah. w- w- constantly. Wearing what looks like a red SS uniform. Yeah, and he's yeah. based on an anime guy, too, just before yeah. anybody... We know. Um, he's, he's based on, on, a, on an anime guy, too. I can't, cannot remember. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 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 Super striking. This was always my... like. This is a guy I play now, and he's one of my favorite characters when I was younger because I love dictatorships. Um, because <laughs> he's so efficient. Yeah. Know, it's, yeah like, this makes um, a certain amount of sense. Mostly, I just like the design. I used to draw... I don't know if every other people did this, but I used to draw superheroes <laughs> when I was young, and they're always super derivative. Like, it was just whatever I happened to have in my mind. So I'd be like, here's, you know, Cutmaster, and he'd be like, Cutman as a dude. And, <laughs> and I'd always draw people who looked like uh, M. Bison because I thought the uniform was just really striking. Yeah. You know, big shoulder pads. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble fighting you as him because he can really cover a lot of the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> he does. <laughs> just and that's the rest of the show is yeah. him doing that. Yeah. Yes. How many self-satisfied noises do you guys want me to make? I'll just keep doing it. It's like Thai food. Get a number Ed, from Ed, one yeah. to five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I keep forgetting that he has the equivalent of Raiden's screwdriver move. Yeah. As he just does. Yeah, he, can, he has the power of like the psycho crusher or something like that. It's some yeah, magic it's, power. Yeah, psy- psycho chaos energy. Psycho, psycho chaos. And when he, when he defeats, he, uh, he rules the world. So yeah. there's high stakes for this tournament that you don't know about. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it's, you're fighting for the fate of the other world, but you just don't yeah. know it. Yep. Um, yeah, so then there's the new challengers, the four people they added, the new challengers, which, like, I've never, they've, these guys never stuck for me. Um, Cammy, who's a quick and close fighter, who's weird because she is a female clone of M. Bison, um, which <laughs> but is her, strange. But her ending is about being in love with him. I would fall in love with the first clone of myself that I met. <laughs> like, it's like, you've got, you already like all my stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Fei Long, who is uh, Bruce Lee. Essentially, yeah. like he has a kick character. <laughs> it's just, and his ending is a super, uh, super ham-handed tribute to, yeah. to Bruce Lee. So uh, Fei Long has left the movie and the, like the movie business uh, because he wants the real fight, yeah. right? And there's a director like, "Oh my gosh, your combos are amazing," uh, which is a weird thing to say out loud. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it's like, no, I cannot because. The, we have to honor the true master. There will only be one kung fu, which I guess he wants a world where there are no more martial arts movies. Yeah. And then there's like a massive town square of like Bruce Lee likes doing kicks, training in his honor. Yeah. It's it's really it's like candle in the wind, it's, but with it, kicks. Yeah. <laughs> kicks in the wind. Um, T Hawk, who is a Native American, whose uh, sensitive name is Tommy Hawk, I think, similar to Prey, which is like like from Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a bad name for a Native American character. I don't like it. Um, but he just goes back to his homeland after yelling at Bison because yeah. his reasons. Uh, DJ, who is a uh, uh, based on Billy Blanks, the kickboxer, and is the only character designed uh, in America or by Capcom America. Um, so they decided to make Billy Blanks in, yeah. in a kind of a weird way. He's like, he looks like kind of a Rastafarian Billy Blanks. Yeah. And his ending is uh, he's invented a new kind of music thanks to his uh, Street Fighter styles. Yeah. So <laughs> it's about time someone invented a new kind of music. Yeah. Um, and then there's Akuma, which is kind of interesting. Like he is the uh, like Ryuken demon form. Um, you know, and he, he's working for and against Bison. There's a lot of lore there. But yeah. it's kind of cool because he has created in response to a really famous April Fool's joke from EGM about Shang Long. Um, they did like a Photoshop on an April Fool's thing about this new hidden character and just fooled a generation of people um, <laughs> who are trying to get this, uh, what these Byzantine conditions unlock him yeah. as a super fighter. Yeah. So he's like a heightened version of Ryu and Ken. He just has further reach, does more damage. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 
bigger dude. Um, the game's hugely important in the culture. Um, so, you know, as we mentioned before, we revived arcades in the early 90s uh, thanks to competitive play. Like, Prior to this, there I feel like there are a lot of uh, competitive arcade games, but not as many. Like at least my personal arcade experiences were like me against the machine. Yeah. Um, before this came out, there were a lot of like weird like Capcom platformers. Like I would play like the Willow platformer or the uh, uh, Little Nemo platformer, and like it's just me versus the game. And this created this social scene where other people are necessary to the arcade. It's not just you, you know, you want to meet people there, but at some point you're going to get good enough at the computer that you need someone else to be there. And yeah. no AI will ever be as good as another human opponent. Yep. You know, who's good? Mm -hmm. They're predictable in machines. Yeah. And you're always seeking out, like, new opponents because it's kind of like tennis. You only get good by playing by somebody who is as good or better than you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you're going out there, uh, creating the scene. Like, so did you have, like, the Street Fighter machine? Like, was there an arcade or a place that you went to? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gala West in Aurora, Illinois, um, had, like, pretty much just kept pace with all these fighting games. And uh, Street Fighter 2, which I played in the arcade a little bit, but I was always scared because of cool, smoking teens who, who were playing the game. Uh, and I would just watch them, which, mm -hmm. like, in retrospect is very funny to me. Like, this little, like, chubby, like, Dutch boy haircut, <laughs> you know, shirt where, like, I, I used to chew on the tops of my T-shirts because I was that kid. And just, like, you know, slack-jawed watching people play fighting games. Like, you know, you are the coolest teens in the world. Yeah. And someday I hope you'll be my dad and grow up, grow up to, be, to be you. Um, after we play Street Fighter, can we play catch? Yeah, after, yeah. After we play Street Fighter, can we play introduce you to my mom? Um, the, uh, so I was just like starstruck by these like super awesome teens, um, and that was the machine for me. <laughs> Let's play again, new dad. I mean, yeah. Derek. Yeah. Oh, what did yeah. I do? New Derek. <laughs> oh man, all over this. Yeah, I had one. Um, it was at a at an RV park. In uh, northeastern Ohio, my grandparents had a uh, place where they just had an RV, but it was like a campground that they just put it there. So they didn't take advantage of it being a mobile home at all. It was just there by a lake. And mm -hmm. at the uh, at the clubhouse where you could you know rent a paddle boat or whatever, they had two arcade machines, but one was always Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. And so we'd go there during the summers and then just play that against all the other kids. Yeah. So no cool no cool smoking teens like probably a lot of people like looking forward to the hayride later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were all in rural Illinois. Um, cool Teen Central. Rural Illinois is really cool, cool Teen Central. That's the, that's the thing. The thing is, they just grew up and they're the exact same people. So, like, it's actually true, but they haven't actually moved on to anything. Yeah. Um, so, this popularized this genre, as we mentioned. Um, Mortal Kombat's really famous. Everybody knows Mortal Kombat. Um, they introduced some different changes. But then there's like Killer Instinct and Primal Rage and Virtual <laughs> Fighter, these two and a half D things. And it's just, it's mm -hmm. like a. Yeah, King of Fighters. Like, it is the beginning of a genre, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and last time, last year we did this, we did uh, Super Mario Kart, which there were kind of kart racing games before this, but this introduced a lot of innovations. And, like, it's pretty cool for this to kind of take these longer looks at these things. They're, like, fighting games are, you know, it's ubiquitous, yeah. you know, and that is why there is this. Yeah. Um, this was Capcom's best-selling game until 2009 when um, uh, Resident Evil 5 came out. Yeah. Uh, best which one of these will history judge as stronger? <laughs> yeah. The, um, yeah. Which you have to wonder, is that spread out across all yeah. of <laughs> Spread yeah. out across all of those? Because I, I yeah. figure if you, it's per capita, probably the least successful one. Yeah. yeah. Is it the game where, like, that created this new genre or the game where it ends in like a lava death fight with Mecha Wesker um, to, to for Jill's soul. Or so, if I remember the end of Resident Evil 5. Yeah. Yeah. That's a terrible game. It's, it's kind of fun to play co-op. It's yeah, a bad yeah. game. It's, you know, if, 
Um, <laughs> it kind of takes a dump on the on the cannon. Yeah. But there's a, there's a huge uh, tournament scene for this. So EVO, um, Evo, which is the Las Vegas uh, fighting game tournament where we mentioned people make their livings yep. at this stuff. Kind of crazy, uh, but really fun to watch. Like again, watching anyone be really good at something is very you know very cool. Yeah. Um, Third Strike Alpha, which came out, which introduced this parry system where you could actually mm -hmm. block hits. Uh, there's a really famous YouTube video where this guy does his super, which is a thousand hit combo, and a guy parries every hit. <laughs> and it's just like really impressive once you know what's happening. Yeah. Like this is like this is a feat of dexterity mm -hmm. on a scale unimaginable. Yeah. And it's definitely, you know, it's kind of like MOBAs where a good commentator, like somebody actually telling you what's yeah. happening, will do a good job to help you kind of discern yeah. um, what's there. Because otherwise it looks like complete you know, inscrutable chaos. Um, that, I, a lot of the I time. feel like that's the secret of sports too. Like I'm yeah. not a sports guy, but like the, when I started like appreciating any sports, it was when everything didn't seem arbitrary. Like I just need mm -hmm. someone like, why are these people making these decisions? Like it's just a bunch of people throwing a ball back and forth. They look like they're having a good time. <laughs> um, but the, once I understood like, Oh, there's strategy and there's reasons why people make decisions. You can start kind of projecting yourself. Like would I make that decision? Would I not? Would, is that the best decision to make in the situation? Mm -hmm. You get this context that makes like sports make sense, yeah. which beat us up. After the show, because I just I just described like, well, actually, sports is a good thing for like. Feel free to just beat the garbage out of me, but like we that, do that a lot. Yeah, we like, we inadvertently yeah. just explain why this appealing we're, thing we're has appeal. Kids. Yeah. Um, but the um, it, it's true though. Like it is it is a, a a thing that like once you know why it's happening, it makes yeah. sense. So I'm going to make a claim here because I was aware of Evo streams well before like Twitch was a thing. I wonder if kind of the popularity of these tournaments and you know just people figuring that out has like given us inadvertently this new way to watch and appreciate and consume games through streams. Like that's pr that's probably it's a, know, like, a correlation. Like, yeah. I mean, there were there were let's plays as well. Like that's oh that's yeah, kind of thing yeah. Too, and, but I mean, like but, actually like event uh, yeah. you know appointment watching. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 My Twitter feed is like crazy with League of Legends Super Championship or whatever's going on right now. Yeah. And like it's only a matter of time where something will happen and I'll understand that and get into it. <laughs> so the uh, pray for me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> the, uh, lots of crossovers too. So these guys fought the X Men. Um, you know, similar to the Avengers, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Um, these guys also fought the X Men um, and you know fought the SNK guys. SNK boys, I don't know what those guys are called. <laughs> but uh, you know, Name an SNK character, somebody please. Roland? Okay. Is cool. there a Roland? Is that one of them? Did I, did I do it? Uh, Roland is the Roland's Capcom. Oh, okay. Rolento. Okay. Rolento, okay. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and yeah. there's tons of anime and movies. Um, we'll take at least a minute. Like, we're running short on time, but I want to at least talk about the movie for a second. Um, <laughs> has any, has, have people seen it? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, can, can I give you a quote? about this movie, like something the director who made this thing actually said. <clears throat> I especially loved films like The Longest Day, The Great Escape, and The Guns of Navarone. What made these films great wasn't the random violence. No, it was a clear-cut struggle between forces of good and evil, leading to an ultimate showdown. Yeah. That is yeah. <laughs> Street Fighter the Movie 94, Great Escape... <laughs> Charles Bronson in The Longest Day. And The Guns of Navarone. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, if you want a primer on that, um, our friend Bob on Retronauts did a, a video game movie month. That's really excellent. And he's he's he, right he, there. Yeah, Hi, he's Bob. right there. Hey, Bob. <laughs> um, and he did a version of it. It's great. 
Um, it is so as we mentioned, Jean Claude Van Damme is Guile, who can't speak in an American accent or act whatsoever. <laughs> and then uh, Raul Julia of Adam's Family fame, and actual and acting fame. like a good guy, like a good actor. Yeah, who it's his last role. Yeah. yeah, which I actually found out somebody on Facebook told us this kind of touching thing. Like I was all set to like that's ridiculous. What an idiot. He's dead. But it's actually <laughs> he did it because uh, he knew he was on his way out, and his kids love Street Fighter. Oh, which is like that's adorable. And yeah. I know Bob Hoskins did Mario Brothers because of his grandkids like you know people these guys are good guys yeah um you know but it, for a long time i always drew this parallel between like raul julia and street fighter and then orson welles and the transformers movie <laughs> Where, like orson welles one of the greatest filmmakers of all time his final role is the voice of a fat planet that eats other planets <laughs> like it is just like the worst fat joke for a man that deserves our respect. The man who gave us touch of evil. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. No matter how no matter how drunk he was in the end, like yeah. he deserved more than that. <laughs> so with that said, this podcast is dedicated to Orson Welles. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. a candle in the wind. Yeah. He's our candle in the wind. Um, we just got a few a few more minutes. Um, you, The Street Fighter tabletop game? Yeah, the Street Fighter tabletop game by Wolf. I listened to a uh, podcast about tabletop games, and they were talking about it, and it sounds awesome. I've never actually seen it in the wild, but it sounds really rad. Like, I've been on the lookout for a copy for a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just so by way of admin stuff, um, if you like this, if this is your first time checking us out, we really appreciate it. Um, we're on the internet at duckfeed.tv, and we do a bunch of different shows, and uh, we have a booth that's on the back wall towards the left. Um, come play us in Street Fighter. If you beat us, you get a Guile figurine, a handsome framed certificate, a t-shirt that says, I'm kind of, sort of, all right at Street Fighter 2. <laughs> Be- we don't want you to get a big head. <laughs> beating us doesn't mean anything. We just want you to feel it's about like, yourself. Like, I did this <laughs> you thing. You wear the shirt. Yeah, like, yeah. a participant. Like, that's, that's, what, that's what we're going for. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And listen, yeah. The, yeah, lots of other shows on the network and stuff. I mean, how many of you are here for the first time, like, had no idea who we are? Hey, awesome. Cool. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Hey, welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, check it out. It's, 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 uh, we didn't actually explain the premise, which I like to do when we have new people. We yeah. It's an it's a old video games book club. So yeah. the, uh, we pick a game, we play it, we talk about it just like this, yeah. um, but for longer, usually, because those games have stories. Yeah. Um, we, we talk about it for longer, and uh, if you like that, then you'll, you'll like our other episodes. Yeah. So. Um, can everybody do me a favor and just, like, wave? I would, like, take a picture and, like, you know, put it up on Facebook or something. Because you all rule. Thank you so much yeah, for thanks, uh, Thank you very much, guys. Out. I really appreciate it. Um, yes. I, I'm not going to do that condescending thing where I ask you to give yourselves a hand. <laughs> I'm just going to thank you because we're human beings and like <laughs> we can just have this relationship instead of it being like, blah, 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 everybody do this thing. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Thanks, huh, everybody. Come by the booth, get a button and some stuff. And yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, well done. Wasn't that fun? That was a great time. That was fun. Wasn't it fun to listen to for people who were listening to him? That was pretty good. Yeah. Like, eat the shotgun. Gun <laughs> boys. Like, what? Like, bite my loadout. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what any of those terms mean. Um, yeah, it's been a long weekend because this is also the weekend we did our charity event. Yeah, which um, th- 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 this is the temporarily appropriate time. Holy shit, you guys. Yeah, thanks Thanks for that, too. Just speaking of you guys being generous. Mm-hmm. Like, not to turn this whole episode into a big wank fest, but we're going to wank you a little bit <laughs> because that was, you guys have been awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah. ah, where do we go from here, Gary? Um, yeah. So, uh, the next episode, the extra episode is going to be, um, all responses from the show floor. Mm -hmm. So people who came up and talked to us and played street fighter and talked to us about, they'll be added together. If you've listened to our, uh, super Mario Kart or super Mario world episodes, um, you know what to expect mm -hmm. from that, but that should be real fun. Um, and then next episode we are doing Morrowind. Yes. The elder scrolls three. Yes, Morrowind. Mm -hmm. There's a Septus. There's there's a scroll. I pretty much think I got it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and this is the, be... the Mad Magazine version of uh, Elder Scrolls Emperor Septic. Oh, Septic, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, the, that would be the 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 Mad Magazine version. And then I was trying to think, and then like the uh, the the Crack Magazine would be like Septush. <laughs> And then, like, so, because it would be, like, just a little bit worse. Um, the uh, <laughs> the same way that, like... It'd be a listicle. Yeah. It, like, there's the, the... You could have the... You can have uh, Taco Bell or <laughs> Tinker Smell. You know, and those are, you know, the Cracked Magazine and the Mad Magazine versions. <laughs> and that's, um, but, yeah. So, mm -hmm. the uh, so we're doing that, and we're doing it as a big three-parter, mm -hmm. like our Final Fantasy VII episode. Yeah. So, three parts, one uh, extra-sode at the end with your responses. Yeah. So, a whole month of Morrowind. Yeah. Yep. Morrowind month. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to it. Um, enjoying the game so far. Cole is, is way far into it. Um, but it is good. It mm -hmm. is a good game. And it is nice to shore up what is such an obvious blind spot. Yeah. Especially for the show. Um, like yeah. I had, I had played Morrowind, but never to completion. And, mm -hmm. uh, it, uh, it definitely has given me a lot more perspective on that series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so as far as the breakdown goes, uh, we're still talking about that, but we're leaning towards having the first episode be the main quest and then breaking out guild and miscellaneous quests after that. Yeah. Yeah. Because those games are nonlinear, which is a big part of their appeal. Mm -hmm. Um, after that, what are we doing, Cole? After that, we are doing, um, something really cool. Rock band. Yeah, mm -hmm. indeed. This is another thing um, that we can do. Thanks to your, uh, uh, uh contributions. We were able mm -hmm. to get Gary a full set of the rock band stuff. Yeah, from from a from a lovely person from Craigslist who didn't kill um, you. Yeah, who did not murder me. Um, in fact, sold me a really cheap rock band set. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we're going to talk about rock band. That's going to be a lot about talking about the different tiers, talking about a little bit about the the series, like dream songs for rock band and stuff. It's going to be a little bit. If you listen to our our musical episodes before or anything like that, it'll be a little bit goofy. Um, that makes it sound like we do episodes that were like they're actually a musical. <laughs> tell me about the plot, Cole. Tell me about the plot, Cole. Does it go off the rails? No, it doesn't. It's, it's fine. You know, <laughs> eat my loadout shotgun, boy. Um, shotgun. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that's going to be a, a good fun time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if we have anything planned for after that. Like we, we have want to do of... a poll after that, but we haven't figured it out. Mm, yeah. So we have to do that soon. Yes. Um, so the the poll either be that one or the one after that if we mm -hmm. panic and can't think of uh, something for the poll. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's what uh, the next like month and a half is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Just all I can say is thanks. If you would like yeah. to continue uh, with this crazy experiment, uh, you can like us on Facebook and uh, uh, leave us ratings or reviews on iTunes. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, for those of you, so we do have that Patreon campaign we mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. Many of you are already probably patrons, but if you are not, um, please consider it. It is a big help. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with uh, the winter holidays coming up, if you want Winter Man to leave something in your Crimbus sack, um, shop through Amazon yeah. and go to our affiliate link. So uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar. Yeah. Use that link there. Yeah. We thank everybody who takes the extra step. Um, and you can make it easier by dra dragging a little link into your bookmark bar. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, so until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Hadoukens. Hadouken. Over here. Hi, this is Cole Ross. I'm from Cincinnati and uh, I've got a beard and I'm more than there. <laughs> is, is that actually okay? I actually test. Okay. It's weird. It's actually, I think, in the grand scheme of the Expo Center, this whole thing is A. Yeah. But then for the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, they split it into A and B. Yeah. But they're all called A. It's like kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's A1 and AA. If no Nobody... one else shows up, that's what I'm blaming on. <laughs> Steak levers go into A1 and then alcoholics go to AA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> don't laugh at that. Don't dignify that with a response. <laughs> don't, don't curse. <laughs> like, if you reward that, the show's going to be nothing but that. Yeah. <laughs> so... yeah, yeah. Don't, don't encourage. <laughs> These guys. The... It's gonna feel weird introducing the show after everybody has already. And we all know seen each other us. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll say our names, and you guys all say your names at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm gonna need the <laughs> whole thing, and then I'm also gonna need mother's maiden name, social. And blood type, just to be yeah, safe. Yeah, blood yeah. type. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant by social. I didn't. I didn't mean uh, just like how social are you? <laughs> like just introvert or extrovert because that's super important. Yeah, can like, we get your Myers Briggs type yeah, indicator? Yeah. Uh, we're good. Listen, we're going to talk about a lot of things that only introverts will understand. Yeah. If you're not that. <laughs> okay, introverts yeah. over here. Yeah. 90s kids over here. Yeah. That's that's all we want. Um, so. Yeah. Welcome to BuzzCon '74. Yeah. <laughs> 74. Yep. Hey, Ryan. Uh,